a real estate agent or broker who understands how to negotiate is worth so much money on both sides. If you're selling a house and you don't have a real estate agent who understands the game and knows how to negotiate, you are going to lose money. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high octane boost of full on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips here, very casual today. <laughs> well, I guess I'm always casual. And yeah, Heather. I don't, know. And I don't Heather. know that you've ever been in a shirt and tie or anything. So. No, no, I'm probably not ever going to do that. <laughs> I'm never going to do that, but I, I do feel a little less dressed today than normal. I'm not less dressed, so that's not a reason to go look at <laughs> yeah. YouTube. Sorry, fully clothed. Not fully what clothed. I meant. <laughs> not what I meant. Okay, great start. <laughs> Off to a roaring start today on the uh, on the get real. We are getting real. Right out of the gate. All right. I'm going to turn my music down, Heather. I don't know if you can hear it or not. I, I can't have music hear your in the music. background. It's super casual over here today music in the background and everything else so well the microphones that we have really are amazing because most of the time i can't hear a thing they make us sound really good in yeah. real life i don't sound like this people so if you think you know me you don't this <laughs> awesome sexy voice that comes across is literally because of this microphone right here so, <laughs> it's true podcast it about our setup one of these days heather no yeah. one is going to care no one cares okay let's get to something that people actually care about i posted yesterday on facebook and it seemed to get a lot of attention, not because I posted it, I think because of the content. So again, this isn't a show about Ron. I'm not sure why. Heather, you should probably talk. This <laughs> is hilarious. So, so I loved the post because your posts on Facebook are often just really short. Like they're like, this is the two sentences of my day. And so yesterday it was, folks, <laughs> we are not in a buyer's market. We eventually will be, but let's stop suggesting that it's here already. And then there was quite a bit of comments on your several comments on that mm -hmm. post and almost everyone unanimously agreeing that we are in more we're entering a more of a normal market right yeah. versus it being and a I, I would also market. i would also add most of the country isn't seeing crazy price yeah. declines either yeah. and one of the smart people who was the smart person that actually talked about the different prices Oh, it was Angel. Yeah. And he's from Phoenix, right? And he's, mm. he is, his comment basically was the inexpensive homes, which in Phoenix is like under 400, I think he said, they're holding strong. Nothing, I, I think we talked about this before, Heather. Yeah. The entry level homes in whatever market you're in really don't see a ton of a correction, right? It's the upper mid tier. So not even middle tier, but the upper side of that mid tier that really gets whacked mm -hmm. and and then the really high end is holding their value right now but as soon as the wealthy people realize that the that they can get a better deal they're gonna i mean those values are gonna come down a little bit too right most of those mm -hmm. are because they're paying cash and it's because they want the property that's why they're buying it so we're not in a we're not in a buyer's market yeah and i just came back from a mastermind and we were all in there talking about this and the the interesting thing about this is that this happened so fast with so much force that it feels like mm -hmm. now we're in a buyer's market. And I think, you know, we've been spoiled for so long, Heather, where your house sells in 30 minutes 
for like a hundred thousand dollars over asking price that that was normal that that happened for so long that people think that's normal and yes that's so not normal people and i think i think one tricky thing uh, i'm trying to just figure out if i can explain this so we wanted to put an offer in on a house and i told the listing agent that i felt like it was overpriced and she said well there are lots of comps to support our price and i said yeah i would get that in the last 90 120 days i'm sure there are some great comps to support that price but it's not where the price is at right now and sure enough on Saturday, friday this last week they dropped their price hundred fifty thousand dollars and I don't think that's because, oh, we're in a buyer's market. I think that they were using comps from this crazy inflated pricing per time period. So, yeah. so it we should makes probably. So I told you guys about my house sale, which I mean, I, we, I couldn't have timed the market better. I, <laughs> and I didn't do it. It was luck. So just so everybody understands that was complete luck, but I couldn't have timed the market better. Now, when I listed the house, I listed it for what it was actually worth. And people paid me way more than it was actually worth. And Ron, I remember you saying, I feel like I've missed it. Like things yes. were cooling off at that point. Yes. 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 So, yeah. Crazy. But that, and somebody commented that they had just taken a $10,000 haircut on one of their houses. And I, I think that, I think that they meant that evidence of us being in a buyer's market. It's really not. Yeah. So in, in, in a normal market. It's, it's all rewind the tape just a little bit. In a normal market, your house doesn't sell in 30 minutes. It's more like 30 to 45 days, right? It just sits there for a little while. A bunch of people come look. You get some offers. The offers are generally not at asking price. They're generally mm -hmm. just under because everybody wants to think they got a good deal. Everybody prices it accordingly, right? If I want to get 170, I'm going to price it at 175, you know? That's generally how the market works. In a buyer's market, everybody has to slash their prices way down to get any activity. Yeah. And the buyers have all of the power. Well, I got news for you. That's not where we're at. Now, do the buyers have a little bit more? Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. They might not have to pay $150,000 over asking to get a deal. Yeah. True. One thing, though, that I think is sad about all of this, Heather, I, I sent you an article the other day. And this actually, this is actually sad because apparently 72% of the people, now again, I mean, this is from the news, so I'm not sure that we can even believe it, <laughs> but probably a high percentage of people, whether it's 72% or not, a high percentage of people feel like, well, they're feeling regret for having purchased mm -hmm. over the last year. Now, if you paid several hundred thousand dollars over asking to get a deal, Okay, maybe. But if you just if you paid a little bit over asking and you got a, a really good interest rate and you're locked in for 30 years, I don't know how in the world you could feel bad yeah. about that. One thing the article outlined that I was feeling in making offers during that crazy time was the regret of having to make decisions so quickly to not really look at the inspections and to waive probably contingencies that you normally wouldn't waive because you wanted the property so badly. And so that complicates it, right? That there's, that you felt this pressure or that you felt like, oh, I, if I want this house, I have to, you know, waive all sorts of, of things that buyers usually get, right? So. Mm -hmm. Which again, 
just because you are going to get maybe a home warranty paid for you or somebody's going to offer some closing costs. That's normal. Yeah. That's normal. Like when I was actually rehabbing houses, I planned that stuff in. I knew I was going to, but I was going to be paying some closing costs, 1%, 2%. I knew I was going to be doing that. I also knew I was going to be giving them a home warranty. We planned that stuff in as normal. What we have been in is abnormal. Yeah. And again, I think just because it happened so fast, people feel like it's already flipped and it's just not, it's just not true. Now, are there some places in the country that are really taking a hit? Yes. And they probably should. They were way, way, way overvalued. I think my favorite quote was also from Angel who said, Phoenix Metro is like the hot but unstable girlfriend. (laughs) She can be really fun (laughs) and exciting, but you never know what you're to expect. I love that. Yeah. Long term, maybe not the greatest, but short term (laughs) could be a whole lot of fun. Yeah. 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 It seems to be that that's a good analogy for nearly anything. The girlfriend dating thing. I find that we talk about it a lot. We do. We do. We talk about it on in different ways too. It's pretty funny. We need like to multiple. find we need to find something in the dating piece that's about men because it's <laughs> always about women. I think we that's should probably true. find we should even this out a little bit. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work. Well, on it. I I do say that when I first meet a client and I'm trying to figure out what they're wanting to do with their with owning real estate, I that is not gender specific. I say it feels like it's dating and I didn't like dating. So let's just get through it, figure it out. Give me let's feedback. Let's just get to it. Let's <laughs> I'm just like, get don't to really it. like it. You just yeah. tell me what you want and let's just move. <laughs> nope, I don't want that. So this is not going to work out well. That's actually that's more like what we're in right now in the market. Let's just kind of get to it here and figure this out. No, that's not going to work for me because before it didn't matter if it worked for you or not. Yeah. Now it's like, well, this doesn't work for me. And so I need this. Okay. I can probably give that up. And then we're, you know, a little bit of give and take when we go to the other side, again, not a whole lot of give and take. The buyer just says, I demand this. And the seller goes, okay. Cause it's the only way I can sell my property. And we are not there, people. So I'm not suggesting that if you're out there buying, trying to buy a retail house for you to live in, that you shouldn't make an offer. You should make an offer because now actually people are accepting offers for less than asking price. Mm-hmm. Again, get normal. Right. Yep. So these people, these people that were regretting their purchases, they're regretting that they paid too much. We went over, if you guys go back a few episodes, we went over the difference in payment. So it is possible that they overpaid for their property. It is also possible that they underpaid for it in their payment. Yep. Let's remember, most people don't pay cash. Now, if you overpaid, you paid cash, there's not a whole lot of positive in that other than that eventually the market will come back around if it loses value and you'll still be okay. But if you have to move during all of that, you're probably going to lose money. Yeah. Because I mean, with just inflation, right? Like, let alone having a lower payment, you're hedging against inflation with a 30-year mortgage on your primary residence, right? If it is your primary, of course, rentals, same difference. But there's something to be said about 
buying with a low interest rate. And that's actually the reason why I kept making offers, even though I knew it was kind of a crazy market. I also knew rates were crazy low. <laughs> so yep. the payment, I mean, now the payments are way high on the stuff that we're make, looking at making offers on. I actually think I'm going to yep. put an offer in today and I'm like having to stomach what the monthly payment looks like because rates are higher. So, yep. And that's regret. So if you bought before and your payment was really good and you liked it, just consider it a win. Yep. I mean, Heather's just describing what's going on. And here's this is the other thing in this article that I think people need to be aware of. While buyers are going to have more, more power than they have had, which is none, they've had none. So now they're going to have some, which is more, right? It doesn't say the article doesn't say all, which is good because then I would have to dog whoever this was that wrote the article. And I would, by the way, I would. I would <laughs> You're dog. not afraid. No. <laughs> Buyers have more power in the current market, but the National Association of Realtors last week says that the housing recession in terms of declining sales and building, because building is declining, right? Because builders are pulling back a little bit and sales have declined because people are trying to figure out what the heck's going on. But prices have continued to rise because inventory remains tight. And if you think about it, inventory is necessarily going to remain tight because now people are going, well, if the rates are going up, I'm probably just going to stay here. So there's a lot of people who are just staying in their house and they've stopped shopping, which is why sales are down. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that also doesn't put another house on the market. And if you have builders who are concerned and the builders say, well, I'm going to pull back, that also contracts inventory. So the inventory problem has not that hasn't shifted. And I feel like it kind of has to shift a little bit in order for us to have some kind of a massive decline in prices. And I'm not saying that we're not going to have a decline. I'm just saying that we're not there yet. And I'm also saying that you can't treat this as a national problem. Boise, Idaho is not the same as Kansas City, Missouri. It's just not the same. Yeah. Phoenix, Arizona is not the same as Birmingham, Alabama. So understand that those markets that don't go up ridiculous amounts aren't going to come down ridiculous amounts. And the ones that did, as Angel said, are kind of like the unstable girlfriend, right? <laughs> so you can expect that they're going to lose their mind or lose their value. Then at that point, once they get sane again, then it's good to go back after that. Okay. So yeah, taking um, a after bit the of last meds. crash, <laughs> we, we went to Boise and Phoenix and, and Florida. And we went to all these places that completely fell apart and bought a whole bunch of properties. Man, it was In the fun. meantime, we just continued to buy properties in the Midwest where the numbers still worked. Mm -hmm. So for what it's worth, folks, we are not in a buyer's market as much as maybe some of you would like to think that we are. I think we've been seeing in RP Capital, we've seen a few clients say, hey, you know, I want a concession on this property. I've had clients say before they go under contract, like, hey, can I get some closing costs? And those questions just weren't even happening a few months ago, right? Yeah. So I think that it's more normalizing that way. And that the one example that someone gave of taking a haircut off their property, I did the math and it was a 3% difference. Like it wasn't... Yeah. a landslide of a, of a concession. It's, it's the normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's normal. Interestingly enough, this article is saying the same thing. It's saying, here's the things that you should be able to do in, in today's market. Mm -hmm. You should insist on a home inspection. Look, yeah. during this crazy market, I both bought the house that I'm living in now and sold my other house. And in both of those, 
I didn't waive inspection. I just sped the inspection up. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm, I don't need 30 days due diligence. Give me four. I'll get all the inspections done in four days. And yeah. then you'll know whether we've got a deal or we don't have a deal. So I don't know why anybody did that. But if you did that, now you don't have to anymore. Every person selling a property expects you to have an inspection. Mm -hmm. It's a little That's crazy true. not to. So I can't even imagine. <laughs> so now, I mean, hell, the guys that bought my house, what didn't I say this on the show? Like they had like seven inspections. I didn't even know that there was that many you could do. Yeah. Every single you, that. you have every single that. thing in the house they inspected and they sent a specific inspector to go inspect it. It was ridiculous. But whatever, you know, no big deal. Because they they told me they'd do it within a week. I can wait a week for you to get that's your, impressive that they could line all that up in a week. <laughs> yeah, it was impressive. It was impressively irritating uh, for us. <laughs> the second thing that they they talk about is what you just talked about in this article, which again, in a normal market, it's perfectly acceptable. You may not get them, but it's perfectly acceptable to ask yeah. for a seller to contribute. You know, pay some closing costs, buy down your interest rate. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things they can do. Yeah. For the first time I, that I can ever remember, I saw an, a local listing that had in the listing that they had set aside like $40,000 for closing costs for the buyer to buy down the rate. And I was like, whoa. Or zero. What was the price of this house? 1.3 okay. or something. All right. But, All right. but yeah, just the fact that they even had thought of it, you know, because... That's something that I have to tell people. You, most people, when I explain that, are like, wait, can you say that again? I don't understand. Like, yeah, how does that work? I'm like, well, you just use those funds and to buy down the interest rate, lower your payment. You know, it's not. Yeah. And if y'all are listening to this and you didn't know that, that's a huge, huge deal. You can shave a point off of, which makes a big difference yeah. in your payment. You can shave a point yep. off easily. And what I do with it is I actually already have run these numbers on the house that we're looking at today. And I say, okay, if it's going to save me 50 bucks a month, but I have to pay like $40,000 to save 50 bucks a month, not worth it, right? I just am going to divide 40,000 divided by $50 and see how many months it's going to take me in order to get my money back. And so, and how long am I going to hold that property for, right? How long am I realistically going to live in that property or own that property? That's the really simple math. I get asked that by my clients all the time. Like, hey, can you tell me what rate I should choose? And it has the different, the cost of the rate and what the payment will be. It's a really simple math calculation to figure out, is it worth it? Yeah. And, you know, we say things are really simple math calculations because we do them all the time. You know, for somebody listening, it might be saying that doesn't sound simple to me. Your mortgage broker should be able to calculate that for yeah. you super easy True. and just tell you what it is. So you don't need to do the work. Let your mortgage broker do the work. That's, I mean, that's literally what they're making money for. Speaking of professionals, you should have a really good mortgage broker who has your best interest at heart. I mean, everybody needs to make money, but nobody needs to like soak people. So make sure that you're not paying absorbent fees to them so that when the when the buy down comes you're actually buying down the rate instead of just paying points to your mortgage broker yep and in addition to that i'm not sure that i've mentioned this i don't know that i've mentioned this but having a really really good real estate agent or broker mm -hmm. will make or break a deal and i probably should mention a few reasons why that is 
And Heather, I mean, you're you're going through this right now, so yeah. so chime in. But the negotiation process, you must have someone who understands how to negotiate without pissing people off. Yeah, it's a good point. A real estate agent or broker who understands how to negotiate is worth so much money on both sides. If you're selling a house and you don't have a real estate agent who understands the game and knows how to negotiate, you are going to lose money, guaranteed. And you're just going to pay them to put a sign in the yard. Well, I guess I mean in my neighborhood you couldn't even put a sign in the yard. A little uppity over there, and they, <laughs> they, won't, let, they, won't, let, they won't let you put a sign in the yard. <laughs> you don't ever know who's who's selling unless you look. Uh, online. That is so, funny. Yeah. Yeah. No signs. It's critical. The reason that I did so well on my house that I sold is literally because Caleb Pearson and his team. So if you guys are in, if, if you're in the Charleston area anywhere and you're looking for a, a real estate broker, his team is amazing. They're amazing. Not because they're super nice people, which they are. Not because Caleb's my friend, because he is. <laughs> because they're really, really good negotiators. I don't know what more to say. Yeah. Short of me telling you how much money I made on that house because of Caleb, because I could tell you, I'll just say this, it's six figures and it's not insignificant six figures because of his team that I would not have made. And you didn't live there super long. No. Yeah. Oh, now again, the market helped. I think I have told the story, right, Heather, where, you know, these people made these crazy offers. I thought they were going to get reduced and, you know, after these, all these inspections and Caleb just, Caleb kept on the realtor, like, look, we have strong backups. You guys need to get this stuff done and you need to, Mm. he was always on them Mm. and we did have strong backup, but it it wasn't as high as theirs, right? I didn't want to lose their deal. And you have to have somebody who knows how to communicate. It's so important to people, so important. And gladly, I paid his team. Gladly, I paid his team. And I, even though we're buddies, and I probably could have shown up and said, hey, man, where's the friend discount? And he did give me a little bit of a discount. But I could have, you know, tried to chop that down. I mean, crap, he's, he helped me buy the house. He's already made money. Happy to pay realtors. Happy to pay realtors who are professionals. Happy. Yeah, it's a really good point. I think I've been on the opposite end of the spectrum doing this by and large myself, looking at listings and stuff over the last like year, year and a half pretty consistently. And I think on my end, my husband's like, you're a real estate agent. Like, this is no big deal, Heather. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't do this kind of real estate. So now that we're coming to make an offer today, I have already talked to a realtor and like had a few preliminary conversations to say, I think I want someone else's expertise who does this specific type of real estate, right? That would be like someone who does, helps people buy their primary residence, trying to step into what we do, you know? It's a completely different pond. So different. Oh, it's not even close. (laughs) Yeah. When I do my continuing education, I'm always, for my real estate license, I'm always saying, man, I don't even use any of this information. Like yeah. so little of it is actually oh applicable to what I do. Don't get so. me started. <laughs> don't get me started on this government mandated BS. I seriously cannot stand it. <laughs> oh, So if you don't know, they make you take these classes that have literally yeah. nothing to do with what you're doing. Yeah. In addition to that, they put a stupid timer on them. So you have to sit your butt there for a certain amount of time instead of just saying like a certain one of these classes, 
I could pass the test like 50 times over. I don't need to read the material. Give me the test. Let me take the freaking test. And if I pass it, I shouldn't have to sit on my butt forever to make you feel better about having put together a course. Let people who don't know anything sit and take the course. I don't need to take the course. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) I got us sidetracked, but I'm just saying that it is very, it's a very specific set of skills that I am pursuing today going. Nunchuck skills. Yeah. Nunchuck skills. Exactly. All the, all all the good skills. So I am, uh, you know, looking at that now that I'm like, okay, I think I found the house that I want and I have all my ducks in a row. Now I want to consult with somebody. (laughs) Always, always, always hire a professional. It just pays off. It just does every single time it pays off. Mm -hmm. So we, do not do retail real estate. And so when someone, when one of our clients wants to sell their property, what do we do, Heather? Yeah, we usually are evaluating, is there a tenant in there? How much longer? I actually did this for a friend yesterday who bought a property from us. And I was saying, okay, well, what's it rented at? What's market rent? What's the best way for you to sell this property and make the best profit? And we came mm-hmm. to the conclusion, it's better without the tenant. It's better to sell it to an owner-occupied buyer. And so I said, uh, last night, I was talking to her late at night and I said, here's what you need to do. You need to tell your property manager you're going to sell and tell the tenant that they're, you're not going to renew their lease. Tell them they'll let them out of the lease and see if they move out early and sell locally with a local real estate agent mm-hmm. where I'm her friend and I would gladly help her. I'd have to reduce the price like $20,000 to make yep. it work for an investor. It just doesn't make sense for her to yep. give up 20 grand. So... It's math. I love yeah. math. So uh, come see us about investment property, not about retail property. Yes. Not, yes. not going to do it. Yes. Right. Well, so none true. of us are going to drive you around on the weekend to look at your dream house. Just not not in our DNA. Yeah. Well, I've had clients with Utah rental property. I, I have a license here that I barely use, but I have one. And they've said, oh, will you, will you list my property, Heather, my rental? And I'm like, I it's rent. It's a rental. But no like this is a utah thing utah specific market and we don't sell any rentals in utah so i think you should list with a local real estate agent and we have great people we refer people to we vet the agent and get great feedback on people we refer to So, what's the moral of this story here the moral of the story is there's several stories there are several morals like (laughs) the first moral of the story is don't listen to all your friends at the water cooler who think they understand real estate slash the media who typically don't understand real estate either. And remember that real estate is local. So you can't really listen to the national media about real estate anyway, because it's irrelevant. They're just compiling a whole bunch of of data from the nation, which which really doesn't matter to you specifically, Mm -hmm. right? Unless they're talking about a specific market. So that's number one. Number one, don't listen to anybody who doesn't understand what they're talking about. Go out there and actually get drilled in data for where you are and what's going on where you live. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because most likely you're not in a buyer's market, right? No matter what anybody at the water cooler says. Does anybody even have water coolers anymore? Yeah, true. <laughs> I don't even know. All right. I'm like the vendor. Wherever machine, you congregate <laughs> at work, don't listen to any of those people. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Second, hire professionals. And I mean for everything. Yep. I'm sure I'll just leave more. it at that. 
I was yeah. going to do more stories. We don't need more stories. <laughs> Hire professionals. They will save you and make you lots and lots and lots of money. And I think the other mm -hmm. moral of the story is the government sucks. <laughs> they mandate stupid tests that Ron has to take. <laughs> Ron gets pissed and it shouldn't be that way. Love the takeaways. Very diverse. Very diverse. Very diverse. I could go on about that subject. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit pissed about a whole host of things they're doing right now. <sighs> Not the least of which is paying a whole bunch of people for their school. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I just started myself. I'm a self-starter folks. So Heather doesn't have to always start it. it. Sometimes it's just me, but yeah, if you're pissed about having to pay for people's college education, like I am, I mean, I dropped out of college. I paid for the time I was in there mm -hmm. myself. Nobody paid for mine. And then I dropped out. So now I don't feel like I should have to pay for the people who are making the continuing ed courses that I have to take. <laughs> I mean, those are the freaking people. Yeah. Those are the people yeah. I'm paying for. And it pisses me off. Well, I think what makes me the most frustrated is that it just seems to be a political move to get votes and not really trying to solve a problem or a legislation issue or a way to help education be more no, affordable to the it masses. It makes the problem worse. Yes. It makes yes. the problem worse. The problem isn't that people have debt. The problem is why they have debt. The reason they have debt is because the government made debt super easy. Yeah. And because of that, the colleges completely took advantage of it. Like everybody in the world would know they would. Mm -hmm. And the prices have increased like crazy because, well, they it's can get it. Yep. The debt's easy thanks to the government. And now all of the people, listen, these people who are, who are bitching about this right now in government were there when it was created, when the problem was created. They were there. They've been there for 40 years. Yeah. And now they're complaining about it. They're the ones who did it for crying out loud. <laughs> These idiots that made this legislation. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I, I, I'm going to be done about the government, but just understand one of the takeaways. The government sucks. You should vote everybody out. Just vote everybody out because they all suck. Every one of them. They suck. And then we should, we should come up with some kind of a, of a way to vote out all the bureaucrats too. Like all of the non-elected people. You should be able to vote them out, fire them all. And start all over again because i don't like any of them either and well i've said it there you have it on that note yeah on that note let's figure out a make a way to make that happen <laughs> get out there and make it happen get out there get and make it happen people. we're not very far away from the election we can at least get rid of the elected ones it's just yeah can them get them the hell out of there they're not doing any good for anybody <sighs> matter of fact it was okay when they weren't doing anything then they started doing things and it, and it got bad again. They should just go home. Just go home. We don't want you to legislate anything. Y'all suck. All right. Go home. <laughs> Till next week, everybody. Y'all better make it happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.